Welcome to Watch and Wonder, where we talk about films that move the soul. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be talking about the infamous 1928 silent film, The Passion of Joan of Arc. Joining me today is Carol Logan, a visiting professor at Ave Maria University and an old friend. Now, I've got just one thing to say. I don't know if God loves or hates the English, but I do know that the English will all be chased from France, except those who die here. Here we go. All right, well, we're here to talk about this movie. And I'm really interested, actually, why you picked this. Yeah. Because um, it's actually, it's one that I had never, like, I'd had this, I had, a, like, a list of all of these. Like, these are really yeah. good. I've seen these, or these are really good. I've never seen these. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those that I'd heard a lot about and had never actually sat down and watched. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people probably feel that way because they they hear about it and they think, oh, that's really interesting. And then they, you know, pull it up on their phone or, you know, whatever. And it's, <laughs> it's this black and white silent film for the 20s. So I'm going to no thanks. I'm going to find something else to watch. Yeah. Um, right. mm-hmm. Well, OK, so I was looking through your list. And that one was the one that popped out to me. There's another one that did too. Oh, It's a Wonderful Life is like my favorite Christmas movie. Ever. Okay. Um, well, that's good to know. Well, I like black and white films, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, well, I don't know. Um, but I had actually seen this movie like three years ago, three or four mm-hmm. years ago. We watched it actually in Ave with a group of graduate students. And actually we watched it because like I really wanted to see it. I think uh-huh. it's because I actually have been to France and been to Rouen. I'm probably butchering that name. <laughs> I remember like saying in, when I was in France, I remember saying like, oh, these towns we're going to. And like these native French speakers were like, what? Oh, yeah, like, that's oh. really hard. I remember studying French for the uh, like the language exams, you know, before you do, you know, trying to pass all the compre- you know, the comps for the, the PhD and everything. And mm-hmm. and in my head, like oh, this is what it must sound like. And, you know, you learn it on the page and then you hear it or try and hear someone speak and you think, oh my goodness, that's a different language. That's not what I learned because it looks totally different than it sounds. But because I I had the same experience because we we took a pilgrimage to um, up to Lucerne. We stayed in Normandy and we drove over to Rouen and we did the same thing too. And I mean, when we were there, the cathedral or whatever it was, was Mm -hmm. under construction. So there was like nothing there. So I don't know if that's, what your experience was, but it ours was. I was there too. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was gorgeous. So you right? So you've been. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. I've been, and um, I, I've also like read. Um, Excuse me. I've read Mark Twain's *Mark* <laughs> too. I don't know if you've read that. I haven't. Um, Megan has though, and she—it's one oh. of her favorite books. Like she loved oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful book, and it's been a long time since I read it. It was like high school, I think, when I read it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know. She's always just been like very mysterious to me. Like I'm kind of like, who was she? You know, it's mm-hmm. just it's kind of like Francis of Assisi um, to me too. Like when I went to Assisi, I was like. Francis, like, I love you, but I don't get you at all. Like, I just feel like, who were you? And um, I think maybe partially it's because, like, some of these saints were kind of, like, hijacked by hippies, 
like feminists kind of hijacked Joan of Arc a little bit too. You know, it's uh-huh. like, who was she? And just going to a wall and like learning more about her. Um, I don't know. I just was like kind of always fascinated by her. And I, when I watched the passion of Joan of Arc for the first time, I feel like it was an encounter with the real Joan of Arc. Hmm. Like I like the other movies I've seen. I've seen like one from the nineties. I think I don't know if you've seen that one. I don't think I've seen any Joan of Arc movie. Okay, because I think I would be. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I think I would be very suspicious of anything done on Joan of Arc that that came out after like the silent film era. You know, because you're right. I mean, there's there are these Mm -hmm. certain figures that have sort of been like co opted into pop culture. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned, like Joan and and Francis, you know, with, you know, in, you know, you think, okay, well, Francis is the birdbath guy, and, uh, <laughs> you know, Joan of Arc is, like you mentioned, the sort of like, you know, the sort of rebellious, sort of feminist, mm-hmm. anti-hero kind of figure, and, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, it's really interesting that you mentioned like encountering the real person in mm-hmm. this film because it is it is pretty starkly different than anything I think you'd expect. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Because I've the 90s film, like it's been a while since I've seen that one, too. Um, I think some parts were pretty good. It was also very kind of disturbing um, in one part. Like, actually, they kind of insinuate that she was, like, raped in prison, which I thought was, like, very odd in that hmm. film. And it's also, like, really odd, too. Like, it's, it's, it's a really tricky thing, I think, to, as a Catholic... To kind of learn about you're like oh my goodness she was put on trial all these you see like all these like dominicans franciscan friars like priests like putting her on trial and putting a saint to death like it's like what like what is going on here you know and and so like there's a little bit of like that kind of political thing like they'll really make the church look really bad uh-huh. you know um but it was pretty bad. You know, so it's, like, <laughs> it's just like a really kind of difficult way. I don't know. You have to be really careful, I guess, when you paint it. Like what happened? What was really true? And they, I think for this film, they like, they looked at her trial and they tried to really bring that to life for us, I think. Yeah. Cause af- after I saw it, I think I had a very mm-hmm. similar experience to you. And I went yeah. and looked up cause I had never, tried to look up or read the proceedings of the trial Mm -hmm. and it's really fascinating that like i never would have guessed that we would have something like that back from yeah um you know the 15th century that would be that detailed but you could just google and find it in english and just read through it and it's really fascinating that we have you know and it's all and i I mean i didn't even come close to reading all of it because it's it's huge this is really really long and extremely detailed um, mm-hmm. but just trying to find, you know, little quotes and, and to match it up. And it, it is really interesting how faithful I think they tried to be to the actual way that it went with the, with the yeah. words and things that were said, I mean, with, with what little is actually said, you know, it's, it's much more of a visual and auditory experience okay. than, than the words, of course. Oh yeah. And you know, like something with like a silent film too, I think, um, it's almost kind of like with your senses, right? If you're like, um, you know, blind, you're even better, you know, or like other things like that, like your other senses will be heightened uh-huh. if like one is missing. I feel that way kind of with silent 
the silent film. Like I'm not a big like silent film person. Like I feel like I've <laughs> like watched a lot of them, but there's something about I think the the director did a really good job here too. Like when you don't have the words, the visual, like you have a real encounter with the visual even more so. Like I was watching this film just last night. <laughs> I was like, oh, I better watch this again. Uh-huh. Um, and I paused it. Um, and there is this like um, scene of her and it was just her, her face and how she was like looking. I'm like, that could be a painting right there. Like, um, I think she just did a really beautiful job too of, um, she's a really beautiful face, the actress. Um, even though like her hair is like cut, you know, and like, uh-huh. she's, like, like a man do, you know? And, um, but just like how to do like, you can see really like the look of like sheer terror in her eyes. You know, like how terrifying this must have been for her. So, like, I feel like you really see like the human side of Joan, right? In the in the film. Yeah. But there's times where it kind of looks like she's like in ecstasy too, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting as well. Like, so it's like the saint, but then also like the human side of her, right? That's just like, what is going on? I'm going to be put to death, you know, burned at the stake, and that's terrifying. Um, yeah, yeah, that's one of the more interesting things that I found watching it. Cause at first you turn it on and it's the, fr- the, fr- the frame rate in the beginning makes it seem almost like jumpy and really quick. And so you have to kind of mm-hmm. get used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's yeah. not like a smooth sort of film experience. Um, and it's, it's, it's a little hard to tell whether that was, I think it's a little hard to parse out what's intentional versus what's the fact that this is like almost a hundred years old. And like right. what you're watching is, you know, they they thought that they'd lost the movie and then found it like in the seventies <laughs> in a like a janitor's closet in a Norwegian mental institution that they'd been like what, like letting the letting the patients watch this. Um, and you, and you kind of wonder, I mean, is was is that like a really good decision or really bad? It seems kind of hard to tell. But so it's kind of hard, I think, sometimes to tell. Okay, well, is this a really is this an artistic choice or is this the fact that this is sort of like yeah. just we're kind of lucky that we have this you know to watch anyway and it just is it's just right. kind of like that um it's deteriorated that kind of thing um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah right. the 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 fact that you mentioned right the silent film it's almost it almost seemed to me to be the limitations of what you can do or what you could do back then um in the 20s with this silent film almost made it makes it better because yeah. It's almost like the, you know, the the poet who can do something really well within the con- like the confines of a poetic form, right? That yeah. kind of that kind of form, that kind of rigidity forces you to be creative in a particular way instead of just oh, absolutely. oh you can do whatever you want and then it becomes a little yeah. a little difficult, but right, th- these confines of you can only do this has to be words on the page, it's black and white, we can only right. do this that and the other thing it almost sort of sparks creativity in a particular way and for me Mm. right i was trying to think of um you know like how to sort of characterize the film like in sort of like a pithy Mm. pithy way and there's there's almost a sense in which this you know if someone were to ask me how to describe it right it's it's almost as if you turned like a a byzantine icon of joan into this Mm -hmm. hundred year old Mm -hmm. French existentialist impressionist silent film, right? With the way that it's shot, because it's all it's all yeah. 
faces and close-ups that mm-hmm. simultaneously give you this really stark, intimate humanity and almost remove everything else but the person, right? Because yeah. the backgrounds are this extremely, it's just white walls and it's yeah. extremely yeah. minimalistic, yeah. right? And just all yeah. in the faces and the bodies mm-hmm. and the eyes and the movement mm-hmm. and the words and everything else, except for like the very end, um, it's just inside this sort of like whitewashed yeah. concrete castle kind of thing. Yeah. And sort of really forces your eye into the face, like you're saying. That's so true. Oh, yeah, you really do see. Well, you know, like with films, right, you can kind of do it like where, you know, if they're thinking something, right, you don't, they don't move their lips, but then you have like this dialogue right within their mind. You can't do that with a silent film at all. Mm-hmm. So you have to show like what she's feeling in her face, right? And she is so expressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh-huh. sometimes you're like, whoa, that seems like, is that my phone ringing? Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Just That's my right. mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so like, there's sometimes where I feel like it's maybe a bit over the top. You know, like her eyes, you're like, whoa, you know, but um i mean yeah i i'm super like but you it's it's some yeah it's over the top it, it, like sometimes you think but they can't like tell you like what she's thinking you know but right yeah i think it. yeah i don't think it reached yeah. i don't think it ever sort of became a caricature which mm-hmm. i think it easily could have been maybe with anyone else or yeah. also the the fact one one of the other like one of the best decisions it seems like they made was no one has, especially Joan, right? No one has any makeup on, right? And yeah. it's like bare, cause that's the other, like at that time, cause I was trying to do a little bit of research, like in the silent film era, they just, they, I mean, you know, people wear makeup today, but they like really caked it on because it was almost a kind of, that's just how it was done, right? You just kicked the makeup on and, and that's how it yeah, was. Yeah. And so to make the decision, especially at this time, to not use any makeup, it just more accentuates like the face, you know, which is yeah, sort of is where, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like with the human person, I mean, that's, that's where the person is in the face. Yeah. And so for her, everything that she's able to do with her yeah. eyes and her lips and you know, mm-hmm. when she brings her hands into this, you see, and she's, you know, touching her face or something like that. It's just, it oh, was yeah. really, you yeah. know, yeah. Crying, like the tears coming down from her face mm-hmm. too, like really accentuating that as well. I also really loved like that one part where um, she's sitting there. I can't exactly remember when it is. I think it was when they're trying to write up like that forged letter from Charles. Uh-huh. And she's coming by herself. And you see like the window reflecting in the um the ground like the yeah the shadow exactly and it looks like a cross Uh uh-huh and you see like the comfort she gets from that yeah i think it's the the first time in the whole movie that she smiles i think yeah Uh yeah and i thought that was so beautiful and so touching she was just like oh jesus is here with me like she receives Mm -hmm. so much comfort because and i'm sure yeah it's just i think they did it so well where you can kind of see like the struggle within her but not actually like saying like what her thoughts are what her thought process is but just showing it within her face 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible, really, when you think about it, like what they did. Yeah, like 100 years ago with this film. Yeah. You really, I really, you really did get an encounter, I think, with Joan. The real, yeah, the real Joan. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Another thing that was, you know, and this, I think this, you know, this particular film is so unique. It's a little hard to talk about like you would talk about most movies. Um, mm-hmm. But something I did not expect and wasn't thinking about that I guess that I probably should have been was it's called The Passion of Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you turn it on and you're just watching and you're just in, in my own mind. It's I'm just watching the story of mm-hmm. Joan of Arc. But then you start getting into it, maybe 15, 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, you start noticing, okay, they're, they're actually, there's actually a kind of real sort of scaffolding here where they're matching what they're showing Joan to experience onto like the gospel account of the passion. Um, oh yeah. And even the, you know, some of the, like the stations of the cross, like moments, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause she's, oh, yeah. she's arrested. She's right. Mm-hmm. Brought before the judges in trial. She's questioned about the truth, right? She mm-hmm. gets spit on, she gets laughed at, right? Mm-hmm. She talks about her mother, Right. They like they, mm-hmm. you know, they don't they don't disrobe or clothe her. Right. But they take like they, you know, they take the ring off of her finger. Right. Yeah. Um, they put the crown what? on her head and they. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't think about the, the ring like being stripped. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about uh-huh. yeah. And of, of course, yeah. the you know, the the sort of manipulative priest like gives it back to her as a kind of like, oh, look, you know, good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> right. But they put the, you know, they put the crown on her head and they stick, you know, the arrow in her hand as kind of a, mm-hmm. um, you know, scepter or whatever, yeah. you know, and then the one, the one priest that you see throughout who is like a comfort to her, right. And so when, when he goes to her, he wipes her tears off of her face with his own, yeah. clothing and you see like the shot of the nursing mother towards the end and the women that are watching and yeah, they yeah. right they put the sign up on top of the scaffolding right with what mm-hmm. she's accused of and mm-hmm. and so that was like i said so it's it's probably something that i really should have expected like with the title of what it actually is yeah. um but it just it took me i think probably 20 or 30 minutes almost halfway through before i started to oh like oh okay there's like actual real explicit decisions being made here and that's it actually, you know, it makes a lot of sense, of course. Oh, yeah. No, that imagery is, like, definitely throughout. Like, he is totally showing, like, parallels between, like, Christ's passion, her passion, right? And, like, really showing. I think that, like, when you – you could, like I, – I, there's – it's really, a, a like, an experience of prayer when you're watching it, I feel like, too. Like, whoa. I don't know. Just how we will all undergo – our passion as well. Um, and we experience those little passions like every day. I mean, you know, just the death to ourselves and, and the persecution, you know, um, especially I think in this, this day and age too, like even by members of the church, like you're like, Oh, this is nothing new, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Uh huh. And how like, um, like, how you know that can be real i mean like you're like i can be persecuted by members outside of the church right and that's a little bit easier but members within the church 
like people you should be able to trust uh-huh. she couldn't you know and um and i think like that, that that's like another parallel with christ too you're like the jewish people like you know like the sanhedrin put their god to death you know it's just like what <laughs> you're like that is crazy right and and then you're like watching this you're like members of the church put this saint to death like how how can this happen you know um and it can be kind of you know but like there is a sense way like when you, you're like drawing like parallels to the passion you're like oh like this is something we're all gonna undergo like christ underwent it and she really truly you know undergoes that too um uh-huh. yeah okay so ultimately i agree with you but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i do have a bit of a question about this yeah, right? just yeah, to yeah. play devil's advocate for a sure, second yeah. right were they really that bad i mean like <laughs> like it's it sounds bad and obviously you know but uh-huh. but on the one hand right they especially after because I, I taught um this past year right i taught medieval theology and medieval church history too mm-hmm. right and we had you know we spent multiple you know a couple days you know going over um mm-hmm. you know relationship between church and state and um yeah. you, you know the, the inquisition and, and things like that mm-hmm. how that came about and how that actually functioned and everything mm-hmm. else and when you do when you dig into it you you actually realize how how much the inquisition was set up to re, to almost almost convince people to get out of being punished or like accused of heresy like when you when you sort of dig into how it actually worked it was almost like you you would get you would essentially get multiple years to sort of recant a heretical position you know, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be just, you know, they, they wouldn't just come in and say, okay, you've been accused of this and now you're being judged and punished for and off you're you right. go. You're it right was there. almost like, okay, somebody somebody said this about you. That's not true, is it? Right? Mm-hmm. And you'd get yeah. like an entire year before you would even be like judged or, or sentenced mm-hmm. or anything like that. And even all the way up to the end, you could just, you know, essentially get out of it if you just sort of said, okay, fine. Like I recant my position. They, they almost like want, they just, they wanted everyone basically to recant mm-hmm. and just be okay. Like fine, off you mm-hmm. go. Like we don't want to really deal with you. And so mm-hmm. there's a sense in which trying to, cause I watched it, you know, I went, went back and sort of tried to look at it from that perspective once yeah. through. And yeah. obviously they do a lot. Most of them have this really sort of contemptuous, Mm-hmm. attitude towards her mm-hmm. at first at least right through the first mm-hmm. half of the film um mm-hmm. and so there, there's a part of me that it's like okay well there's there's part of them at least that was trying to do a job that they had to do right because mm-hmm. he i'm trying i'm trying to put myself in that okay there's this there's this teenage french woman who's nothing like i've ever seen and she's running around france and england talking about how she's seen all of the saints and the angels are talking to her and she's supposed to do this great thing that nobody has ever done. Like I, I probably would have some questions too. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Yeah. We're seeing like the birth of nationalism too, like around this time, like, right. Like European nations are becoming yeah. more like nations. Right. Uh-huh. We don't have the join like age of Christendom. 
you know, that's starting to fail, right? We don't quite have yeah, because it's reformation yet, but because you're also maybe like 70 you're like 70 80 years removed from the like the black death too right and so you have this sort of new onslaught of skepticism and and things like this after after something like that happens oh yeah definitely and i think um if you were like i think well a lot of these um you know these people of the church were on england's side Mm -hmm. right and so then you're like Wait, so like there's this part, right? He's like, does God hate the English? You know, like, why do you think like you're on this mission for France and you, this is from God? Uh-huh. You know, and like, why does so does God love France more? And that's kind of like what I kind of was thinking when I first like kind of was learning about Joan of Arc. It was like this. So this woman is this French woman who defeated the English and she's a saint. Like, what does that mean that's kind of odd and then someone actually i think i was reading this history book she was she made the point like okay if france had not driven out the english right france would probably have fallen like in the protestant reformation you know like like france was kept catholic because of uh-huh. Joan of Arc, you know and <laughs> And then I was like, oh, now I see like how big of a deal this is, you know, um, and uh-huh. how like God's providence, you know, all of that. But you can kind of see like how they could be like that. Like, what? Like, um, this isn't re- this isn't like a, you know, a religious thing. This is a nation thing. This is a secular thing. Like, um, and you think that, you know, these saints are speaking to you about France. So like the French are more beloved by God. She's like, no, it's not that at all. But you don't uh-huh. see that necessarily at the time you see it hindsight like oh right i was worried about that but yeah you could kind of see you know how you know were they that bad or were they just yeah like, right because no like i said so like like i said I, i'm on your side you present like you've presented what yeah. i think is 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 really true but mm-hmm. you you do you do sort of have a at least a bit of sympathy for the perspective where you've got to yeah. weed out the good from the bad and the true from the false because i mean how like you know that was you, you can see it as a major problem in right the old testament with israel trying to deal with the the good like the good true prophets from the bad ones um mm-hmm. but it's also a pattern too right because it's usually like the one real prophet who ends up the one who's dead and killed and everybody hates and you know is always the one saying the thing that people don't want to hear versus you know the hundred the hundred false prophets who you know are just very very positive and encouraging and right, um yeah. You know, which yeah. I mean, which is kind of you know soothing to my own soul as kind of a like a you know more cynical kind of person. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, it is really interesting because you also see, at least it seemed to me, in the end, after she, they finally get her to recant and like take back and sign the paper, right? Mm-hmm. And there's almost a sense of relief from them, right? From from the judges, yeah, from everyone who'd right. been sort of persecuting her. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back, and and then she realizes, no, go go get them again. Like I made a mistake, right? No, you know. So so on the one yeah. hand, for her, it's it's also again another very humanizing thing for her that she has this moment of weakness, right? She's not this sort of, you know, stoic, unpassable, you know, uh, you know, here I stand, I'm immovable right i'm mm-hmm. completely fearless right you know so she's also very human in that moment where you can you know mm-hmm. see okay she's not like this you know sort of 
you know, angelic figure who's come out and will make no, will never sin, will never make any mistake and everything else. But she very quickly realizes, no, like I made this decision under duress. Like I have a moment to breathe. No. Death. They thought she was going to die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Uh Uh-huh. But then after she, after she like recants her confession essentially and takes it back and, you know, takes up her original stand, it seems to me that even those that the film had depicted as like her most sort of fierce opponents and those who like thought the least of her were really upset about it. Right. I mean, you see, Mm -hmm. like you see more, you actually see tears from other figures besides just Joan where they realize it seems like the film is depicting them as having realized that there's something really true and good about Joan, but they're almost sort of have put themselves, you know, back themselves into this corner sort of judicially speaking, right? You know, like according to the law, this is what has to happen, but we're starting to realize maybe something more is happening, but we don't feel like we can make any other decision now that this has sort of been set in motion. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because I think you see some kind of regret on some of their faces. Oh, Uh this is already gone. You know, we've already like come this far and like we have to do it. Like you saw that, I think like one time, you know, like, or a couple times at the end where you look at their faces and you're like, they're like, oh no. Like what what have we done? Uh Even before the killer, but it's almost like they're so, like they're too proud maybe. I don't know. Like you do see their pride kind of come out at the end as well a little bit in some figures particular like a little bit of regret but just like we have to do this now yeah yeah it's interesting too i was thinking about this like in the very beginning especially like what you were kind of saying as well like one of the priests he has like hair you know and they look like horns (laughs) Uh oh that's oh that's kind of creepy you know um and uh you can see like some of them kind of look a little demonic um, at points when they're trying to tempt her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they do, they do a lot of that with the lighting too. Cause it's mm-hmm. like Joan always seems to be lit with this very soft diffused light. And yeah. she has this very like smooth feminine face as well. Right. And so mm-hmm. there's like almost never any shadow on her face, but everyone mm-hmm. else is like these old men with these wrinkles and they're harshly lit. And so half their face are these shadowy lines and creases and they're always frowning and they're always shot like from almost from the floor. And so you're always looking, looking up at them like, you know, and so she's portrayed as this kind of very, okay. That was, that was the one, the one, the one criticism I think I had was that I was trying to read through the, the trial notes and read mm-hmm. through a lot of things that she said and her responses. And I think the mm-hmm. film captured this a little bit. Um, but I, I think reading through the trial notes, I got the sense, like reading reading the actual transcription, that she was more aware of what they were trying to do. She seems really aware of all the times that they're trying to goad her or coax her into saying something and she understands she really does seem to understand that they're trying to manipulate her she refuses to answer questions yeah. all the time and says, well i already I already answered this or what's the point of that or and everything else um the film seems to paint a simpler portrait than that but i i don't think that, so I, I think they still captured a lot of that but mm-hmm. there's almost a sense in which you know, the reality is she's even more kind of confident and self-possessed in reality than the film presented Mm -hmm. and she was she seemed pretty confident and self-possessed in the film too so if anything Mm -hmm. the film kind of 
softened her <laughs> in mm-hmm. a sense, which was, which was really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. I love it too. Like another movie that I, I, my favorite movie, it's so funny. It is. It's another black and white film, which is funny. Uh, the song of Bernadette. Hmm. Have you ever seen that? It's I'm sure so, that I like, have. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of thinking back on that or other like, like movies about Fatima, you know, like other times when like visionaries, um, mystics, saints mm-hmm. were questioned and they're just kind of like in some ways, you know, yeah, right. Very confident. You see that with Bernadette and like the Fatima children, you know, if, like in, in some renditions or some films and with her too, just this like kind of like they're without guile. They're just like, this is the way it is. Like simple, you know, like simple, like they're uh-huh. going to answer the questions, but they're not going to fall for their traps because they're so simple. You know, <laughs> they're just kind of like awed by some of the, like you're kind of awed by some of her answers. Like, are you, yeah. uh-huh. you know, like, what would you say to that? Like, I, I don't know. What and it's really and funny because the the priest who like ends up having, you know, comforting her and, and hearing her confession, and everything. It, it, is that the one time where he jumps in and he's like, careful, that's a dangerous question. I know. <laughs> you know, he warns her, but like, I think she realizes it and she, you know, she gives this really profound answer, right? Well, if I am, may God keep me there. And if I'm not, may he put me there essentially you know and you see like the after you know whoever asked the question his face like really falls and he gets extremely sort of disappointed yeah. that she gave an answer that wasn't yeah. bad yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. and god, god chooses those people like the simple the unlearned a lot of times because then you really do know like oh this is from god like she couldn't even read you know mm-hmm. and like they present her something and she's like i can't read this <laughs> uh-huh and she- he does these answers that are just so profound and so wise, right? Um, yeah, no, and it's. I think I think that seems like a really purposeful decision because she has these simplicity of responses, um, but it ends up right the 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 narration of how how the film goes or it really turns it on its head, and so rather than rather than coming off as naive or or simple or right, a simpleton, she she really does seem to embody right? Christ's demand of becoming like a little child, right? Because there's a real, there's a, there's complete lack of guile in her. It's just, well, this is Mm -hmm. what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so she gives an answer that's both simple and profound. It's not trying to just give one side of an answer on purpose, right? You know, to sort of leave Mm -hmm. something out or anything. It's just very, Mm -hmm. very short, very simple. It's just, this is how it is. And, um, Because uh-huh. the one, I mean, one of the first questions they ask her how old she is, and she's like, "Well, nineteen, <laughs> I think, right?" <laughs> she's like counting on her fingers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's and it's it's so it's 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 so funny in one way because it it sort of sets that dynamic up of her being this more sort of childlike figure, right? That will yeah. sort of that will be kind of subverted into her kind of you know childlike wisdom, and at the other hand it almost presents it as like, okay, something that we take for granted now that we think is sort of very, oh, I'm this old, I know, because like I have a birth certificate and it says that down to the last exact minute of when I was born, right? But here it's like something something as fundamental to a person as like when they were born is almost presented as something that in comparison to everything else is just not really that important. She said, well, 
I think I'm 19, right? But that's not really what's important, right? All the other things sort yeah. of bear this much greater weight compared mm-hmm. to something like that, that we, at least from my perspective, is, oh, that's how old are you? When were you born, right? Tend to be kind of very fundamental things. But for her, it's, well, I think I'm 19, right? Yes. <laughs> Close enough. Details. Yeah, I, th- I like that too at the very end as well. Like it really does focus on like the child, like she is a child of God. Even though like she's being delivered to the flames. You know, you'd think mm-hmm. kind of like, that's a bad dad. <laughs> Why is God allowing this? But she just like gives into divine providence. And I love too, like how in the beginning, right? She's like trusting that God's going to deliver her because she knows those words. Like uh-huh. I'm going to be delivered. There's going to be a great victory. Yeah. And then at the end, you see, like, he's like, well, what about, like, God said that, you know, like the saint said that to you. And she's like, oh, it actually meant my death. Yeah. And the victory, it's my martyrdom, you know, uh-huh. and, like, witches. And I don't know. I think that's what we have to do kind of like in all of our lives, right? You're like, I'm going to do great things for God. I'm going to have a victory. You know, like, it's going to be great. Like, everything's going to be, you know, um, I'm going to defeat these evil, you know, things. And, and sometimes at the end, it's like the victory is like the surrender mm-hmm. to, to death. To yeah. Cause those things, I mean, she was right. Right. And being yeah. in the beginning, right. Cause she's like, Oh, I'm going to win a victory. I'm going to <laughs> escape from prison and everything else. Yeah. And then you almost, right. I'm mean, obviously watching the movie. Most, most people I imagine don't go into the movie thinking, oh man, I hope Joan escapes, right? I think most people probably know what happened, right? So it's not like it's, you know, it's, there's no spoiler alerts. This happened 700 years ago, right? But you kind of, you see her realize what, what those words actually are going to end up meaning, right? So I will be victorious. I will escape from prison, right? It's just going to (laughs) be an escape from the body, essentially, right? Yeah. And I, I got this sense too. Um, oh, it, I don't know. It, I, this is kind of a weird kind of thing. Um, I think maybe when you have a good story or good ending, um, I just kind of was like thinking about her death, her martyrdom. And I was like, oh, I can see how it had to be this way. Do you, did you get that sense when you're what you, watching that? What do, you, what do you, what do you mean? I, I got this sense like, Oh, it makes sense. Like knowing the history of it all, knowing what her mission was, it makes sense that she would be killed, that she would be martyred at the end. And that she would be kind of like this heroine and that she would give her life for this cause. I don't know. You see sometimes too, I feel like with Mars, I'm trying to think of another example where someone is like given up to die or for death or martyrdom. And you see the fruits of their sacrifice, mm-hmm. I guess, a little bit. And you're like, oh, I can see how their death brought about all this good. Like, even more so than if they had lived. Yeah. Um, and I just got that sense, like, when watching it, I was like, of course this, like, happened this way. I guess, if that makes any sense. Like, I just really feel yeah. like God's providence in, in her life and in all of this. Yeah, and not, I mean... <laughs> Not not to make a morbid joke, but like some figures just burn so bright that, oh it, yeah, you know, it's almost it wouldn't make sense if it didn't end in anything other than oh, like a literal, you know, an immolation of one type or another. It's just in Joan's case, it was a literal immolation. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, even in the case, you know, they, I, I don't know anything about how it actually would have occurred, right? But in the film, right, she's, you know, she finally does change out of her, you know, masculine clothes and she's sort of clothed in almost this baptismal garment because it's just this yeah, white cool. robe, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. And another thing, what, what, one of the coolest shots that I think it's finally, you know, it's, you, there's, there's so few scenes where it's more than just a face, but she's standing mm-hmm. there and she's being tied up and the like the one arm gets tied but it falls off mm-hmm. right when she's being tied and she bends over and picks it up and hands it back mm-hmm. you know to the person it's almost so that it was almost this sort of you know uh, you think of the the you know Genesis 22 right where Isaac mm-hmm. you know sort of allows himself to be bound right mm-hmm. and Christ obviously allows himself right to be bound and so she sort of just here Here's the rope. Yeah, try she's a try bit, again, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's definitely like, you see, like, she's like, all right, like, this is, this is what God wants. I'm going to do this willingly. Uh-huh. Um, and just yeah. gives her life for him. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So, yeah. I have, to, I have to say though, right. That moment, right. So that very sort of simple, beautiful moment is contrasted just a minute later with probably one of the most traumatizing and horrific things I've ever seen on a television screen. <laughs> because we, Megan, Megan and I were sitting there, we were sitting there watching it, right? It's like, oh, it's, a, you know, and it's like, oh, it's only like an hour. Let's just sit down and watch this together, right? Because, I mean, she, she'd seen it before, but it'd been a while. And so we get all the way, almost all the way up to the end. And it's like, oh, you know, because our, our oldest is, you know, like going to be 10 and, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this would probably be a good movie for her to watch because she's never seen it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the last five minutes and it's like, oh, I don't think, okay, I don't think she's ready for this because this is a horrifying, right? The, the image of her, like, of her burning is just, it's fantastically horrid, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it was yeah. shocking, yeah. honestly. News in the town, right? Like, there's just like chaos. And then, then you like, then they paint. Yeah. Out. Burning. And then they go like to the crowd, they're like running around, like doing, you know, like just beating people. Like even people like are dead, you know, like on in the streets, you know, it's like, and then she's burning again. You know what I'm yeah. <laughs> it was, it's, it was, it was, I mean, it's almost like one of those, um, it's almost like one of those, what's, oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the, on the name, right? But one of those sort of medieval paintings of like purgatory or hell or something or it's just total chaos uh-huh. right and it just makes no uh-huh. sense at all and it, it's almost like the last everything was so like silent and black and white and peaceful up to that and i mean in my imagination like trying to remember like that scene it's almost like orange in my head like it's it's mm-hmm. so you can you yeah. can just you can feel the sense of like the flames come through the black and white like almost where it's cha- like changed colors in my imagination. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh totally. No, that that's kind of. I was thinking too when she like um, recants or like when she um when she's like oh like she signed the document right saying like yes like you uh-huh. alive. And then they have those creepy like like uh, weird like like um. I don't know what they like performers entertainers and they're like bending different ways you know and like uh-huh. it looks so sinister how they did that yeah. well that was really good but like also very very uh-huh. good <laughs> yeah it really was no it was it was done so well uh-huh oh yeah 
Really. Do you have any other? I mean, do, do you have like a favorite scene or a favorite sort of still shot image? Oh, I think at the end. Oh man, I I I loved like when he was questioning her, and it goes very slowly, and she's like, well, you know what, you know what is this deliverance, and she's like, my death, and then you know, what is this victory, you know, and she's like, my martyrdom, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and just like realizing that, like, that's what God's plan is, you know, for her. And that but I also loved at the very end, too, when she receives Holy Communion, too, and they like, show the priest's words, you know, when like, in life eternal, like internal life. And mm -hmm. um, I thought that was really beautiful as well, when she receives Holy Communion. And it's kind of interesting too, like, like what an interesting little detail. I think this did really happen. Like she's excommunicated. She dies excommunicated, but they still let her receive Holy Communion. <laughs> I, I, I think that did happen. Yeah. That's, I, I can't, I, I'm not aware of the actual mm -hmm. history enough to sort of know the actual, how it actually went mm -hmm. about. Right. Or how that how it would work to recant and then recant your recantation and 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 how that would actually work before you die, or if she was excommunicated, but then maybe it was lifted at some. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I will have to look that up. But it's yeah. I that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would assume there was no. I would assume there would be no problem in or at least nothing abnormal about making a, a confession before. Yeah. Right. No, sure. But as yeah. far as, yeah, but as far as receiving communion, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. So that was like one of my, a couple of my favorite little themes mm -hmm. there. I loved those parts. What about you? What was yours? Well, I actually, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I thought one of the most interesting scenes was actually the, the time where they offer her communion, but then mm -hmm. don't right. Where they, oh, that was that, yeah so like talk i mean the the sort of the maybe most second most traumatizing scene right this they 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 bring it in and they bring the priest in and they're gonna offer it to but then they bring out the sheet again oh, like yeah. you you can have it all you have to do is sign it oh, and she just you can that, see oh yeah and that's yeah. kind of I think, where you see like oh that's really sinister they're using yeah. that's like a way uh -huh. to get her to um you know yeah, because and and you can see the 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 total shift in her eyes from, you know, this she's smiling, she has like this hope in her eyes, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, something good's finally happening, and then as soon as you realize, well, you can only have it if you sign the paper, and you see like the total shift in her face, and she just starts weeping, and she knows she can't do it, and. And it's just so, like you said, it's so sinister. It's so wicked because they're like, oh, you're going to refuse Christ now, right? And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but but it's more complicated than that. You know? it's, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to lie. People in communion. Yeah, that'd be like, that's like, yeah. like the exact opposite definition, right? I'm like, I'm not going to put myself outside of communion with the truth in order to receive communion, right? Like it's the def, like the literal definition of the word, right? Is to be oh, in yeah. communion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that that was horrible. But then mm -hmm. there's also another when they're 
I assume they're digging her grave right before she's actually executed. And mm. you sort of see it's shot almost from within the grave because you yeah. like are looking up under this hill yeah. of dirt that's being built up yeah. and you kind of see like the the top of the church and the cross in the one corner. And then all of a sudden a skull like flies out from the ground and just sits on top of the dirt there. And it just mm-hmm. sort of goes into it. And you see like the maggots crawling out of the eye as Joan like looks at it. And it's just, it's, so it's just really interesting like juxtaposition of, you know, you see all the, the, you know, the medieval and Renaissance paintings of, you know, authors and theologians and priests with skulls on their desk. And it's kind of this reflection mm-hmm. on, this sort of memento mori reflection on, well, that's going to be me pretty soon. Yeah. And she still goes through with it, you know. Still does it, yeah. And she's 19 that, years old. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's crazy, you know, a 19-year-old woman, you know, going through this. I mean, she was, like, sent into battle, too. <laughs> 19-year-old girl. I can't imagine. <laughs> no. Yeah. burned at the stake that's how she dies it's just like uh-huh. horrific right but you see her strength and that strength that comes from god yeah and again like another another moment where there's the kind of this parallel right she she sort of consigns herself to it and it's still able to say well i mean don't let me suffer too much right it's almost this you know like you know if you know if <laughs> if you will then fine but you know if you know I would like to not drink this chalice, but if it's your will, I suppose that I will, right? This kind of resignation, this resignation Uh to what is going to happen. But at the same time, this very human, but at the same time, I hope it doesn't last too long because that would be (laughs) very unpleasant for me, right? And I think you don't realize too, like um, it doesn't really make this um, in the movie, but her voices at that time were gone. Like, she wasn't getting any consolation from those saints that appeared to her mm-hmm. at the end. And um, I'm sure in some ways she was like, and then dying excommunicated. I can't even imagine, like, the desolation that she was experiencing. Like, am I in a state of grace? Has God abandoned me? <laughs> but, like, she probably did feel abandoned, you know, in, like, some way, right? She performed like she's human like any human would probably feel that way but you do see her just like trusting you know as well like you know saying like i am his child like and um i give myself up to jesus you know those are her last words jesus so Woo! i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no i'm and i was i i was glad that it was uh as short as it was honestly because yeah, it's yeah. it's a real experience because you you know you mm-hmm. pop it on and you think oh this is you know it's pretty you know 70 minutes long just over an hour and but by, by the end you're like okay that's about as much as i could take of that because mm-hmm. it yeah. takes it takes a lot out of you like it it, all, it yeah. also re- requires kind of concentration that many of us are not used to anymore because we're every 30 seconds our brain wants to think or do something else or you know, we could look at our phones while we listen to the movie, but you can't do that, obviously. Yeah, you can't it's, do you that have, at all. You have no, to read, really- right? You know, because yeah. you have to be watching. It's it's a total, total experience in that way. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, every you could probably, like you were saying, there are still shots that seem like paintings. You could probably do that with five hundred different, you know, frames oh, of absolutely. this film. I mean, mm-hmm. it just it is really. There are so many that do seem like icons because it's just. Mm-hmm. A face and a blank background, almost, and you Which can almost. Did you like the music? I did. It was really interesting too, because there's, 
it really helps it really helped i think um yes, I, I mean i mean obviously obviously music and films is you know is always helpful even if you don't realize it or not um right. but i think you do i think you actually notice it usually a usually a soundtrack or a score is most helpful when you don't notice it right mm. it's it's if you're if you notice it there's probably something wrong but with this it was very noticeable and very helpful and it was also just really what? it matched it matched it really well especially when you know there's a time i think it's when they the the guards come in and kind of mock her it almost becomes like playful the music mm-hmm. becomes like playful and it, and it almost makes you feel worse about it yeah. in a way mm-hmm. because it's just yeah so the the score was really interesting yeah, that's and yeah i mean i imagine i think when it would have came out like they're still doing like live performances of this right when it's you know when oh, it's uh-huh. when it's viewed like back in the 20s you know what right. i mean that's because that's oh, how it right. would have been yeah, yeah, yeah. and so yeah whatever whatever they chose to be sort of the definitive version that goes with all of our sort of electronic you know files of this movie now um mm-hmm. so whatever they chose as sort of the definitive mm-hmm. version of this um yeah who made it made a good choice i think yeah i think so too i thought that uh-huh. it was as well i loved it like yeah the opera with the chants and like you even notice too like when they are asking her to say the our father a little bit later they actually have a chance like paternoster uh-huh Ooh, and it was just beautiful yeah i thought it was great really really good yeah mm-hmm. but i think the the only other thing maybe there's probably a lot we could talk about but maybe just the last thing is mm-hmm. it was interesting to go back when, when once you know sort of who ends up on her side in the end yeah. it's sort of interesting to go back and watch for that you know that one the one priest character from the beginning because at the beginning maybe 10 minutes in someone sort of objects and right like yeah. throws himself at her feet and then they they, they just like chuck him out like because yeah. <laughs> it's like the one person who doesn't want to be a part of it and he like he lay he prostrates himself at her feet and you see him on the ground like with her in chains yeah. and they basically just drag him and, and throw him out and then for the whole rest of it you're kind of unsure right who yeah. might be on her side or not because even even the priest who pretends to be sent from the king for the first mm-hmm. couple minutes you're not sure you're like oh maybe it is you know, but then almost immediately, like you see the looks between him and the people outside mm-hmm. the gate and you realize, oh, okay, it's just another trick. Um, yeah. But the priest who does end up actually being on her side and offering her consolation and wiping her tears and offering to hear her confession, right? It is interesting to sort of watch his face from the beginning, sort of when, when it does cut to him. Um, mm-hmm. Because like, like we said, I mean, a lot of them end up seeming to have regrets but he seems to be the one person who is there throughout um he's you know you almost get the sense that he's kind of this you know like saint john figure who ends up just sort of sticking around through the whole thing you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's the one that holds the cross right i think so yeah 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 and that's really beautiful i think there's i think i remember reading like there's like maybe two priests who were like no we shouldn't I think I think like two people at the end and everyone else was like she should be put to death. I think I want to say that. I I don't know for certain. Again, I'm not a historian by any means. But uh yeah, there's just very few that were on her side. And mm-hmm. it's it's really beautiful. You like what you're saying with um I feel like you do get this like encounter with the humanity of Joan. 
and it kind of builds over time. I think even like what you were saying as well, like with the the friars and the priests, like at first you see like the horns of hair, right? You're just like, those guys are bad. (laughs) And then you kind of start seeing like, oh, they're human as well, right? Like you start seeing their humanity, they start crying. You know, you can tell that they're really struggling with it. And then at the yeah, and then at the end, like some people, you know, who are on her side and who are like mortified, right? This is happening. Uh huh. But it is interesting, yeah, and the chaos that happens in the end, like that they, before. I can't remember if it starts before. It's at least during, but I do think it starts before they start. They have the shot of them throwing like the weapons down from the castle tower. And you're watching, you're thinking, what are they doing? Why are you cut? Like, what is, what is happening? It, Cause it happens like six, there's like six different shots of the same exact thing. And you're yeah. watching and you're wondering, you're like, why are we watching this right now? But then you realize as soon as it happens, the guy stands up and he's like, you burned a saint. And then all, you know, pandemonium happens. And so, you know, that they were expecting, you know, the entire, yeah, the yeah. entire crowd to revolt. So you, mm-hmm. you, re- you know, that they've also realized what they are you know what they've done, they've done to themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh yeah and you just really um uh, you know again like you, you i i try to like when i'm when i'm teaching about like martyrdom and stuff i i'm like martyrdom is like whack-a-mole like you hit one you think they're down but then like five more like pop up you know <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. and you realize like oh by like killing certain people you know that are good you know like you're not actually going to get your way at all like actually yeah. just gonna more like um incite more i guess like courage and valor and like um loyalty you know to like your actual cause <laughs> uh-huh. yeah no 100 because that's that's the one of the really interesting things about the interplay of nature and grace because mm-hmm. that's all like not only is that a natural reaction right on the completely human level where mm-hmm. oh like our leader our hero's been killed so it sort of it moves us to further action, right? Yeah, but on the right. level of grace too, I mean, that's that was, was is it Ter, is it Tertullian who has mm-hmm. the famous quote about mm-hmm. the blood of the martyrs being the seed of the church? Mm-hmm. I think it's Tertullian, right? Mm-hmm. Who you know ironically ends up outside the church at the end. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's it's really fascinating, right? That it's not just this natural reaction, right? But this also sort of supernatural act by which you have this merit being one for the church even in the face of you know the individual members of the church mm-hmm. making this really horrific decision mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. whether or not they really kind of whether or not they really understood what they were doing right yeah. right because it is one of the more interesting and in my mind almost confusing incidents in the history of the church Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely very confused. Like, yeah, just again, like shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of seems almost like a legend, you know, like how it's. Depicted. Yeah, it's almost Arthurian, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really, really fascinating. She's mm-hmm. just like a very, very interesting character. Like, really yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah. And, um, and I think a lot of people just don't get her. I I even feel like I love that Mark Twain book, but I don't know if he quite understands her. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can, you know. And um, yeah, um, but I really feel like this this film gets really, 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 really close. <laughs> if doesn't if it doesn't, you know, I mean, of uh-huh. course, you can't have perfect renditioning of anything, right? 
but right yeah but yeah but as far as art goes i mean Mm -hmm. yeah this was art that's for sure so i'm definitely glad that you picked okay good this for us to talk about Uh uh-huh no (laughs) well it's delightful to talk to you about it and uh some parts of the films were not delightful at all (laughs) (laughs) but it is a really beautiful film and Uh uh I feel like it's a really good, probably like Lenten film. Yeah, I definitely think that that's true. And I think it fits what we're trying to do here because it's just Mm -hmm. for someone who, right, for someone who's already sort of on Joan's side, it's obviously an interesting watch. But also I think it it opens Mm -hmm. up a lot of really interesting discussion for someone who doesn't understand either Joan herself or doesn't understand what would be meritorious or desirable mm-hmm. about martyrdom mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. dying for a church that's literally killing you. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, yeah. so it's, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting and it's, it's, it's quick. It's short. It's very, it's not really ambiguous about what's happening. Right. And it's nope. very, very clear, very explicit. I mm-hmm. think about its position. So yeah, it's just a really interesting really interesting film and I can't think of anything like it to be honest mm-hmm. no I can't either yeah there's nothing yeah. to compare it to you could you just if you've seen it you understand and if you haven't seen it you just have to go watch it to really yeah it's very very unique uh-huh yeah, definitely yeah like I mean I think if you just looked up um like a google image search and you just looked at a few like still shots of her face I think you get a little bit of a sense of what you're in for but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for doing this oh yeah you're so welcome yeah uh-huh. thanks for having me and it was it was a really great pleasure to talk to you about it well um, we'll have we'll have to yeah. do it again um okay. maybe we'll just have to keep doing black and white movies i guess yeah i would right? love that i guess that's my thing i have no idea <laughs> Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd love if you'd rate and review us wherever you're listening. It would really help us out. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find out more information at patreon.com watchandwonder. See you next time.